Bow, 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 bow. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the How Goods This podcast. This is Julian Gavilanis, and I am here right now by myself in my studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And uh, I am here to give you just a little bit of an update because we're doing something a little bit different today. Unfortunately, Alan and Stevie Baby couldn't make it for this conversation, but I decided, you know what? I ain't taking a bye week. I'm doing this shit. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it alive. And so that's what we're doing. That's what this is. Welcome. Thanks for being here. I love you guys so much. This is the 51st episode, which means we are one episode away from having done this podcast for a full year. What the fuck, man? That's crazy. Anyways, uh, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I I didn't know how I was going to go about it. I was thinking, should I just sit here and (laughs) talk about myself? And then I thought, "That's, that's stupid. So my second thought was Stephanie Powers. If you remember this beautiful woman from episode 25, she came on. She hosts the podcast Lightworkers Lounge. She's an astrologer. She's a spiritual um, person. She's a human being. You know, I, I don't like to give her all these all these um, labels because she's just a, a beautiful and wonderful human being who uh, has a lot of depth and a lot of soul and, and likes to ask questions and is very curious about... Um, the human condition and the world we live in, as well as I. So her and I dove in deep, and she actually read my birth chart, which was very fascinating. It got pretty heavy at times, and um, I just wanted to give you guys all a forewarning that her and I kind of kind of go in on this. It's a sometimes uncomfortable conversation, but um, I think there's a lot of beauty in that, and I think. You know, it's something that Alan and Stevie Baby and I don't always get a chance to do. So I was very honored to get the chance to talk to her. She is such an amazing beam of light in the world. And um, if you guys want to book sessions with her as well, uh, you can do that. Go listen to her podcast, Lightworkers Lounge. Um, follow her, Stephanie Powers, wherever, wherever you, where I don't, wherever you follow people, <laughs> just, just follow her. Just, fo- just follow her. Just, just go around and follow her. Don't follow her with your car. I was gonna. That's, I'm getting, I'm getting off topic. Uh, anyways, uh, we, we started the conversation like 15 minutes in and I had forgot to push record. So I had been asking her about uh, something she had been talking about a lot lately, post-pandemic adrenal fatigue. Um, It has nothing to do with post-pandemic, but she was going through this thing. Um, The conversation is going to kind of jump right in there while she's talking about it still. Um, So I just wanted you guys to know that there was a little bit of conversation where I hadn't introduced her. Part of the reason why I'm introducing it now, um, giving you guys an update on on Alan and Stevie baby. Um, yeah. So we were talking about adrenal fatigue and what, uh, what that's done for her the last few months and how she's been able to cope with that and, and move through it. So just for some context, um, also Stevie baby had a big dental appointment. He had a root canal. I think his mouth got all fucked up and, uh, he was having a hard time. So he wasn't going to come on here and start talking to me because I, I, I think he physically could not. Um, and Alan is still in Australia he had booked a handful of shows and then COVID hit again and he had to go to half capacity. So he like doubled up all of his shows so that all of his fans could come and see them all. 
which meant that he basically has been doing two a days for the last like week or so, um, which sounds crazy, but he's totally consumed with singing his heart out for all those fans out there in Australia. Um, I'm sure they're having a blast. Um, it looks like he's been having a good time with it, uh, getting back on stage and singing to the people. It's what he does. It's what he does. And um, yeah, we're grateful for you guys to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for um, continuing to stay with us through this trial period. We don't really know what we're doing. We never have. We don't claim to know what we're talking about ever. Um, but we're here and we're showing up and we're trying to stay consistent for you. Um, if it brings you a little bit of joy, it brings you a little smile or gives you a little nugget of wisdom or some kind of whatever, you know, if it does anything for you, then, um, share it with us, you know, subscribe to the thing, follow us. I, I don't know where you do all that stuff, but you know, go on and, and, um, tell your friends, tell your, tell your, tell your aunt Joyce, tell your sisters and your brothers and your pastors and your, uh, sponsors. Whoever you got, let them know about the podcast and let's spread the word. We're going to be doing a full rebrand here um, in the next couple of months. Alan and I are going to get back together in Spokane and we are going to do a full ass rebrand of this podcast. Um, so look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I will quit talking. So with no further ado, this is myself and the beautiful, powerful, soulful, humanitarian <laughs> Stephanie Powers, baby. How good sis. When we chatted last, which was six months ago, um, yeah. it, you were in like your in your camper van and you guys were like we literally like the first thing we talked about was that you were throwing darts at a map and you were just yes. kind of like going from place to place See? but you're settled now and you talked a lot about being like a Sagittarius and being like I need to move I need to go I need to like be all over the place yeah. um are you like in a place now and have you been there for a little while yeah and see that's exactly why the key to healing adrenal fatigue is rhythm you need to have roots you need to have a home with a kitchen that's familiar prepare your own meals just relax, have a bed that's yours. I was living such a, I, I didn't know where I lived. It was like, okay, I'm camping in this Walmart parking lot tonight. Well, where am I going to be camping tomorrow night? That's kind of stressful. And then with living in a camper van, okay, we're out of water. We got to go just rock up to church parking lots and hope they don't see us hooking up our hose to get water. Like basic necessities was always a fight or flight. Shit, yeah. we're out of water. If we don't have water, we can't drink. Uh-oh, we need to go find it. So I was just living a life of too much fight or flight. And while it was fun at first, when I can't even handle the stress of where are we going to get water? To me, that feels like the emotions you get the day before you go into a major surgery, just the nerves, biting nails, the fast heart rate. I would feel that with little things. And that's when I knew, okay, something is yeah. up here. And so, and are, what's the what's the approach or process to getting yourself out of that? And how long did it last this time around, at least? Yeah. So it's I've been really down with my adrenals for about a year, and it's going to take about two years of being so gentle with my body. I mean, daily naps, um, a solid eight hours of sleep every night, no alcohol, no caffeine. It's tough. I have to treat myself like a grandma. Does it does it suck or is it okay? Like, do you find a rhythm with it all and kind of enjoy it, or is it awful for you? Does it sucks, it Julian. It sucks because especially since we just planted roots here in Colorado, right. I have a beautiful view in front of me of the mountains, Pagosa Peak, and it's just 
I love hiking. I absolutely love it. I love getting good sweat on. I love getting a red face, but I can't because I could pass out because I don't have cortisol. Because even when you're not stressed, but your heart rate's up, it's the same thing as being really stressed, right? I can't do that. And so in my mind, I can still work out and be okay. But then as soon as I even try, it feels like you're wearing a lead suit. You're just so heavy. So it mentally fucks with me for sure. But I know that it's reversible. And as you know, I healed my autoimmunity, which I was told was not. So I just have to practice patience. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? My birth chart indicates that I have a very sensitive body that needs to be, I can't go out and drink as much as the off, the regular person. I can't have caffeine every day. I have to treat my body with so much delicacy. And I haven't been, <laughs> not at all. I've just been like, YOLO, fuck it, drink this, eat that, do whatever, travel here, go there. I was doing the same thing, you know, I, I it was, I, I was treating my body awful for a while. I had stopped drinking for like the better part of three years mm-hmm. and uh, when pandemic happened, I was, you know, I was still not drinking. It didn't like make me feel like anxious or anything. I actually felt much better. But then when I moved to uh, Spokane and it unintentionally just went out there and, you know, start like hung out for a week with Alan and then was like, saw what we were capable of doing. I started kind of like playing into his lifestyle. And it wasn't like he, he just, he, you know, he has a kid and a wife. And so it's not like he's partying or going crazy. Um, but you know, a couple shots of tequila at night and, you know, with dinner. And then that led like slowly, but surely I just watched the patterns go right back to where they once were, like before I even turned 30, like in my twenties. And I came back out to New York after I left Alan's place. And I was just so confused and lost about like what a post pandemic world meant for me as an actor out here and mm-hmm. what I had left with Alan back there and like what the, the conflict of both of my lives kind of going both ways. And so I, I came out here and I was like, I went to Puerto Rico for like, I remember that eight days by myself. Oh yeah. And I went to chill. I went to like read books and sit on the beach and I fucking raged so hard. Like I just partied my ass off. <gasps> And I had no intentions of doing that. I literally like went to a, I went to like the little sleepy surf town of Rincon and like wanted to like, and went there because I knew it was going to be a relaxing place. And I just found the party right away and like perpetuated the party. And I was treating myself so badly. And I had become, you know, up until like, honestly, like a month ago, just, just sad. And I was conscious of it too. I knew what I was doing. I knew how I was behaving. And I knew that the only, like, the only way to kind of not manage, but like to, to suppress, I guess, the, the anxiety that I was feeling was just to yeah. keep it going. And so I was exactly. just like, oh, well, I'm feeling crazy. So I might as well just go out and actually get crazy again. Um, and, and I was all, all over the place. And, and since the last like month or so, I've, completely cut myself off again from, from drinking and w- just drinking alone prevents me from making so many bad decisions, whether that be like dietary or anything, just the clarity that comes with sobriety is so good for me. Um, but it comes with its own costs as well, you know, which is just like, okay, well now I'm like home and, uh, I'm here now with, you know, myself and I got to, 
think about myself and you know so you start you, you start going places with your with your brain and um i think ultimately it's been really good for me but yeah i just i i was interested in in that whole uh that that whole uh experience that you had been going through because it seemed like i don't i I assume a lot of people have been going through you know similar things with themselves so many people have it and and don't know um, one way or another but i i don't know like i'm i'm sorry that it sucks um i'm sorry i'm sure you're gonna find a way to pull yourself out of whatever shitty situation you're in to to figure out how to be on on a better path because you seem to be a powerhouse of a human being who can do that. Um, But that's the interesting thing about like, especially at at our age, it's like, you know, like you can get, you get to these places where you're like, Oh my God, I feel so great and light and good. And my life seems like it's together. And you even like, even when you say like, I know life will do this. I know it will ebb and flow and there will be waves and I will go back down. When you go back down, you, it's like, even though you knew that, could potentially happen and and will it still is just like fuck this is still such a blow and it hurts and it sucks it does but i, I think like it's important believe- ultimately to have to have those so much and i like to believe that everything happens for me not to me so with this adrenal fatigue forcing mm. me to stop i've already cut half of the things i do with lightworkers lounge off and it's been terrifying because i didn't realize this while i was burning both ends but I, so let me just preface this with, I was raised by a single mom who was on welfare. So we grew up having food stamps, living in government housing, the like. And so I have this inherited lack mindset, just growing up, watching my mom cry in a church food bank while getting us just bread and milk to eat for dinner. It's imprinted in me and it's engraved in me. So I have this mindset of if I stop working, if I stop grinding, I'm fucked. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to have a car. I'm not going to have a house. I am fucked. So I have to uproot that belief because now I am more than financially okay, but I could have a million dollars sent to me today and I would still wake up and be like, all right, I got to redo the website. I got to redo. I got to hire this. I got without realizing I'm okay. And you actually create the best work and attract the most abundance when you're in a state of rest. So are you are you getting that rest then? Are you, t- are you like taking advantage of this time and space for yourself to just do what you know you need to do? I haven't been. I'll be honest. I have not been. And baby Jay got on to me for this just last night because he wanted to take me somewhere to just unplug, leave our phones. And he's like, you don't have any plan, anything planned, right? You cleared your schedule as the doctor told you to. And I sent him a screenshot. I've got the whole week booked. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I love what I do for work. <laughs> I've got to stop. I can't. So it's funny. We're having this conversation just, just last night. I was like, I don't know how to stop. Yeah. I don't know how to stop. Yeah. Well, it's really difficult when, I mean, like I've said it a bunch of times myself, you know, it's like when you, when you genuinely love doing something and, and it, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like work, but all of your energy and your effort is going towards it. You, it, it's, it's hard to, f- to see the line there because it's like, you know, my mom used to call me and be like, I'm worried about you. You seem to be like going, 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 and like never taking any breaks. And even close friends are just like, can't like, just take a break, take a break. And I'm like, well, 
wh- why? If I'm if I I'm love happy. this, then why? And they're like, because, dude. Like, first and foremost, like you could probably be more effective if you took a break, because you would like you know preserve some of your energy to then like utilize it in in a better way. Um, and secondly, because you deserve to, man. Like, because you don't even know what you're missing, because you're not even experiencing it. You know, wow. um, and that I don't know, like, because I, I, I have a similar headspace, and and I almost associate it to like laziness and like yes. no, like I can't sit down because if I sit down, like I can't watch. I'm an actor, and I don't I don't watch television or movies. Like they just feel like rewards to me. So like if I can't ever like during the day or even really during the night, unless I'm like on my way to falling asleep, like actually like, okay, I'm like about to fall asleep. I should, I'll maybe turn a movie on. Otherwise I'm like, it's just like, I can't be doing this. This is wrong. I shouldn't. It's just like, what are you talking about? You're an actor. You should, you should be watching movies. You know, you should be watching shows as research, whatever. Uh, But I'm just like, yeah, that's an excuse for actors who just aren't working hard enough because there's always work to be done. And it's like, damn it, man. Like, like, don't do that like just take take some time to yourself and I I struggle so much with that so much and and especially since coming back to New York um after leaving Alex because you know and I assume it's happened for you too like adjusting to places when you're moving around it it takes me a while to like reacclimate to something and you know it had taken me like six six years to really adjust to being somebody that lived in New York and making sense of this life. And I had done that. And then when I went out went out with Alan, you know, he was like, you just live here, man. Just move here. And I was like, this is like, this life seems kind of feasible. But at the same time, man, like I'm doing this as part of like this, like the Alan Stone camp. Like I, I still have a life that I'm trying to create for myself as well. Yeah. And that exists in New York. And so... I was like, I had adjusted. I was in Spokane, Washington for like seven or eight months. And I like, you know, five or six months in adjusted. And then I left and I had to readjust and like move to a new place out here in New York. And I was going through the whole moving phase and and all that stuff. And I I, I was just like, okay, the only, the only way I know how to, uh, to like deal with myself and, and keep myself sane is by just like keeping myself occupied with more things, more things, more things, more things. And I drove myself up the wall and I, and I, I completely burnt out and made myself sick like multiple times. I was sick like, like multiple times and it was awful. And and it was like, you're doing this to yourself. Yep, like exactly. you don't have to be doing you get this. Your cortisol tested. I bet you got adrenal fatigue. <laughs> I'll bet you I have all sorts of fucked up <laughs> shit going on. Autoimmunity, adrenal fatigue. I don't even, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure I do. I probably like probably gluten. I'm probably gluten intolerant. I don't know. I'm probably <laughs> lactose intolerant. I, I'm allergic to so many things, and like I was allergic to alcohol, I, or am, and would just it, keep drinking. Like I would get blotchy every like probably like seventy percent of the time. I would oh, drink. No. My face would get all red, and like and my body would get like all rashy and red, and I would get like a shortage of breath. And I would just be like, "Don't worry, everybody." People would be like, "Oh my give god, give me another dude, shot." Fucking crazy. And I'd be like, no, don't worry. I'm just going to stand in the refrigerator. I'm going to put my face in the refrigerator. And then like in 10 minutes, I'll come back out and have a shot with you. And I would just rally. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? You man? know, your birth this chart has so the same stupid. mark that mine does of 
indication of having a very sensitive body. We are people who can take one shot and really we're done for the night. We've got that good buzz. And we can have one cup of coffee, be fucking wired. So when you texted me early and said, I'm on 12 cups of coffee, I was like, I would be hospitalized with IVs. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I've, well, because I've stopped drinking, I'm like substituting one addiction for the other. Right. So it's just like, oh, now I need something else to like keep me stimulated. And I need to like put my, put all my energy into something else. And so I just drink all this coffee and it's so much that it's, it's honestly just, counterproductive for it's like it's counter effective it's like not it's it's canceling itself out it's after like four yeah you know know and and i'm also like what is it substance abuse really Mm -hmm. your son your cancer son lives in the 12th house 12th house is ruled by pisces which is all things hidden the dream world this is also a placement of really prolific actors singers, musicians, artists, but so that's the high road is this person's extremely spiritual, extremely creative. On the low road, substance abuse is very prominent. Now, next to that, you also have Jupiter and Pisces, which Jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system. So he shows us where we may overindulge. Pisces rules drugs and alcohol. Wow. Mm-hmm. You said that you were like, you're going to have some wows and aha moments. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's not like, I'm, it's, it's nice to be valid, I guess, to like have that validated in, in that sense, mm-hmm. but not really. Cause it's just like, I what don't the know. fuck, what I, do I do? Right. It's awful. Oh, there's so yeah. much more to yeah. it. Now I want to ask you, can you think back to what happened in 2015? How was that year for you? 2015. Did anything big, exciting uh, happen or anything really bad happen? Um, I think I would, I, yeah, I think I was living in, I had moved from New York to LA because I had, I'll try to, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, reduce this, this story t- to be small, but I had, uh, started acting and gotten kind of successful right away with like booking mm-hmm. jobs and kind of not knowing why or how. And I got like a full ride scholarship to come to this conservatory in New York. And I was like on top of the world as far as what I expected of myself and the impression I was making as an actor. So I was like, I am gonna be the next big fucking thing. Like yeah. my, this is my trajectory and it's just sky. And I just kept being like validated by it. And so I came to this school out here which was the reason I moved. And then I dropped out because I had gotten a job in LA as like a commercial. And I was like, I'm just going to move. I'm just going to like, I'm going to go make it now. Like that's, this is my time to go make it. Yeah. And I went to LA and I think it was in 2015. And, uh, and that was the first time I had really been, um, like kicked in the nuts really hard by, the the in, the business and the industry of acting which in retrospect was great and 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 needed for me to to really kind of be humble humbled in that experience um but thereafter i spent like 9 months there expecting to to stay and live and it was quite possibly the most de- depressing time of my entire life just trying to fit in and make sense of a life that I had completely decided that I was like already in with and a part of 
Um, but I wasn't at all. And I, and, and I was so wrong. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've been to LA plenty of times. Um, I, you know, it was, I was there prematurely, uh, mm-hmm. as an actor and, you know, it's such an oversaturated market of actors as it is. Um, and I had never had to manage my expectations at the, up until that point to really like, I, I was just going and things were just kind of happening to me and it was amazing, but I was really slapped in the face there. And my friends, my friends started calling me JP Droopins because I was such a sad human being when I lived there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I was like, I had a relationship that was, in, that, that, that I was doing long distance with from a girl in New York and, mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't working. And I was just really sad because, you know, I always wanted to, I always wanted to identify with something that was mine and like acting right away seemed like it was going to be that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm finally good at something. I'm finally like, I finally have something that's not just like being the life of the party that I can mm-hmm. say like, I'm actually something. Um, and when I went to LA, I was, it was like, bitch, you ain't shit, you know? And, and that was a big wake up call for me. And, 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 and looking back, I think it was really important, but at the time it was super, super sad. Yeah. That is really tough. So that, I think that was 2015. Yep. And the reason why I asked is because that was your first Saturn return. Now what this is in astrology is this is an initiation Mm. into adulthood. Everyone goes through this between the ages of 28 and 31. And I calculated yours. It was February, 2015 until November, 2015. So it essentially tells me that that entire year was just tough. Saturn's like the high school principal of the Zodiac. You know, when you get called into the office, Julian, come into my office. It's like, oh shit, what did I do now? That's the energy that Saturn brings. So when it returns to the place that it was at on your birth chart natally, when you were born, you have this initiation into adulthood. I filed for divorce the day my Saturn returned to my chart. And then I got uh, my divorce finalized and my last name reinstated as soon as it left. Really? Did you know that that was happening at the no, time? I had no clue. Right, so when I right, went to astrology wow. school at age That's 31, cool. we were looking at what's called an ephemeris where you can look. This is a crazy book that breaks it down day by day, the degrees of where the planets are. And for fun, I was like, oh, I wonder when my first Saturn return started. It was the day, like April 8th, that I f- went to the courthouse, filed the papers. Baby Jay's first son was born on the day his Saturn return started. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard a ton about Saturn return. And I remember, because it, it's typically within like the 28 to 30 years, yep. like range, right? Like when yep. you're 28 into 30, or does or does that change? No, it's between 28 and 30 for everyone. It's it. Yeah, I don't know, like exact timelines anymore. I'm, I just turned 35, like a month ago. And so that was, you know, that was a, a, a bit of time ago at this point. Um, so I don't know the exact timeline anymore with my memory, but, um, you know, that girl friend and I split up, um, and that was like a major, a major turning point for me in my, like, in, in like how serious I was willing to take myself. Like I've worked my ass off since, um, and I did, and I didn't even know, I didn't know 
work ethic then. Um, and, and when I went to LA and, and really had that, that humbling moment and then came back and then broke up with this girl, um, that's when I, you know, started getting sober for the first time, um, and really decided, you know, it was right before turning 30 that I was like, all right, what do I want 30 to mean to me? Like, it doesn't have to mean anything. It's just a number, but I, but I want it to mean something, um, and so I spent a lot of time thinking about that and, and really had to, um, you know, kind of go to a lot of really dark places to feel like, yes. like I, like I really wanted to kind of hate myself before I made changes so that I could like never want to go back to that version of myself again, wow. which, which like went played, played into like the drinking and the you know, like the substance abuse aspect of things. I was like, all right, I'm going to stop drinking on my 30th birthday. And so for like three months before my 30th birthday, I was, it was like a three month bender. I was like, I was a mess and I knew, and I was like, well, I know I'm going to stop. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, and I really wanted to, and I did this again, this last time recently where I was like, I, I want to actually hate me so that I don't feel tempted to ever step foot back yes. into those same shoes again. Wow. That is powerful. And, and you know, it's very, yeah, I don't know if that's healthy. It's very concerning. It's you know, awful. Saturn is really a planet I focus on for quite a bit during readings because this is the karmic lesson. If you believe in reincarnation, you can say, I, Julian, reincarnated, promising to learn the lesson of Sagittarius because in your birth chart, Saturn was in Sagittarius when you were born. So with this placement, either your gift is your ability to see humor in all situations and not take life so seriously, or you're avoiding the truth and living in a land of pretense. You really came here to be honest and not hold back. These are typically people who need to go through pain to experience joy. People with this placement like yours, you guys can experience a lot of joy, but you can experience addiction because Jupiter is ruled by Sagittarius. You may have a tendency to always think that people are being mean to you. It's, it's easy for you to play victim sometimes. And you need to learn moderation and don't avoid your philosophical self and be very cautious of joining like cult type things. Like don't go to LA and say, I want to join that group of actors and be like this, be like that. You really need to be an individual and speak your truth, not try and fit in. Does this resonate? Yeah, definitely. You know, there was, I was, like I said, I listened to our, our podcast episode that we did six months ago uh, Mm -hmm. earlier. And one of the questions I asked you because it felt so um, resonant with me was, are, do you make decisions like is are the positive qualities of your life a result of having experienced the opposite of that as mm-hmm. and and that is why you are able to kind of cultivate the, the alternative to that thing um and i was asking that because that's how i feel like i am a product of what i found to be ineffective in my life through trial and error and falling really, really hard and being like, oh man, like I need to do the opposite of that thing. So I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. I have made, like, I only make mistakes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't ever make the right decision in anything that I do. Um, 
I just try my best not to make it again. Yeah. <laughs> you're just laughing at me because you're like, oh my God, you're so sad. No, I laugh because <laughs> there's some placements in your chart that would indicate you are really hard on yourself. And when you make mistakes, there may be an inner voice in you because your moon is in Capricorn and we'll get to that, that says, clean your fucking shit up. Like, you know better than this. What the fuck are you doing? This is embarrassing. A voice like that. Now, your, your son is in cancer and we talked about this a little oh, bit yeah. on our first episode. Cancers came here to master the human realm. Because remember how you were like, yeah, I'm a cancer. I'm a fucking bitch. I cry over everything. Cancers do because they came here to master the spiritual experience of being a human, of feeling the whole spectrum of emotions. Not all of us are able to do that in the way that cancers do. And you guys feel it in your gut. So you know that phrase of, oh, that person gave me butterflies. Cancers feel that 10 times stronger than the average person. Cancers can intuitively feel in their gut when someone is off in a text message. Even if they say, hey, no, I'm good, what's up? Cancers can feel, no, you're not, something's up. It's hard to always feel those emotions. And cancers, of course, can be clingy and very sensitive, but cancer is the sign of the highest evolution. If you can just learn to let your emotions be without reacting on them. Your, your <laughs> yeah, lesson as you take a deep a breath. I've, I've really only been able to kind of see these qualities of myself presented and illuminated so much more when I've been in relationships. Yes. And when I'm not in relationships, it's it's much harder for me to see them clearly. Um, because, you know, girlfriends have really like called them out to my attention. Um, and, and I've seen those things. And, and yeah, I mean, I've struggled so hard to just try to like, make sense of 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 who I am and why I am the way that I am in the relationship mm -hmm. that I've been in. And it's ultimately resulted in the demise of the relationship and, and why I'm currently like, I mean, I, 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 I want to be single. I want to be on my own. I want to like learn as much as I can about myself, not so that I can be in a relationship either, just because I want to I don't want to say the wrong thing about any of the girls that I've dated because I think they're all lovely people. And, and mm -hmm. ultimately I've, you know, we just didn't work out and it was just yeah. the wrong situation. But so much of like what I have, what, what I possess as a person is, is like this quality that is, I think really attractive in the, in a, in the beginning of, of anything. It's like, wow. Like when you, if you meet me and I think I, I, I have great friends who see, who see it, Alan and I get along really well and he sees me at the, in the, at the core of who I am. But in relationships, it's like, I'm, I'm presenting this version of myself that is me. And they're like, Oh my God, you're so charismatic and fun and, and open and raw and vulnerable. And then at the end of the relationship, they're like, Oh my God, you are raw and vulnerable and shut the fuck up dude like i hate this like everything that i thought i loved i oh. don't at all um and so it's been it's like it's been very reflective to be in relationships with girls who have really like pushed that back onto me to make me see but it's also really like you know made me resistant to ever wanting to be in a relationship again and 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 that you know sucks because i i have kind of a pessimistic outlook on on being in them. And I even mm -hmm. have like really incredible females and, and women all around me that I'm just, I'm like, I, 
I'm sorry, like I'm I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna invest myself mm-hmm. into another relationship because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow myself to get hurt and I'm not gonna allow you to get hurt. And I just don't want I also just don't wanna be I don't wanna point that mirror back onto myself and, and have to like deal with that bullshit again. Exactly. Oh, your um, birth chart screams all of this. You know, cancer is ruled by the crab. Whenever you guys get poked, you crawl back in your shell and that's a hard shell. There's no getting in. That's what cancers do, and they get their feelings hurt so easily because remember, you came here to feel the whole spectrum of emotions, and sometimes that's overwhelming and scary. So you crawl back in your shell, and it takes a lot. It takes a really special person to make you feel safe enough again to come back out. Now, your Venus is in Leo. Venus is the planet that tells us how we love and how we want to be loved back, but also what we love. Venus in Leo is an actor. It's an actor. It's the actors and the actresses all have this placement. But in one-on-one relationships, you really want a partner that just thinks you are the only man in the world who just adores you and watches all of your work and tells you how good you are, how awesome this script you're writing is, and just constantly fans your flame because Leo is a fire sign. But you have a Cancer rising on top of your Cancer sun and your Mercury is in Cancer. Mercury is how you communicate and how you think. This tells me that when you feel emotions, it's like a flash flood. Just you're flooded and you kind of lose it. That Venus and Leo could make you very overly dramatic because Leo is the actors and actresses who have to be overly dramatic. But all this cancer is just, it's a flood in your heart and in your brain. So you can't, in these moments with partners where you're having a dispute, you're just flooded. You can't. And you need to wait for those waters to recede so that you can tap into this Capricorn moon, which is a very grounded earth sign. This is a great placement to communicate exactly how you feel, but you just have to wait, give it time, walk away, give it a night, give it a couple days. Hmm. Does that sound like you? Yeah. But my problem is, is that I don't give things a couple days. I don't practice patience very well outside of of in my, I think because I, have to practice patience so much in my professional career. Mm-hmm. I I almost create this expectation that I that I shouldn't have to in my regular life. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it makes me like a little bit entitled to situations. Yep. Not because I am or or am not, just because I I I like have these expectations. I don't know how to just like walk away and take my time and like let it fall yeah. off. Like I have to move through stuff like when it's happening and like, you know, again, like to just bring up like relationships and I'm sure if any of my ex-girlfriends are listening, <sighs> hi. Also like, <laughs> sorry, because I like, we'd get in these fights and I would like, you know, they would even be like, all right, like, let's be like, let's stop and like, come back to this. And I'd be like, nope, I need to keep talking until this is figured out. And I don't care because like, I can't go to sleep. I can't do anything in my brain until this is resolved. Cancer. And I know, I I know my, my most previous girlfriend had the wherewithal to be like, actually get out of my house and go on a walk. And, you know, I, I like think her. I did it maybe a couple times in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I went and, um, and, and, and it did, it totally helped, you know, yeah. and, and I know yeah. that that helps, but in the moment, I think because, and I see it a lot in acting, acting is like the thing that I 
feel so connected to um, in like who I am within because I, I, I am so impulsive and I'm, I act so much on my instincts and I, and I'm not logical. I'm not like thinking ahead. I'm just talking and saying things and I'm having to learn how to like sometimes just not talk sometimes like just sit there and listen and like wait and be patient. And it's, I think a, a it's, it's a giant blessing, but a humongous curse at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think I need to learn how to get better at walking away and like, and yeah. letting, and like, if, if, and when I am going through something that's, that I'm feeling super heavily understanding that it's going to pass. And, and also just like, letting my like letting myself go have like a 10 minute breather yeah because I'll, I'll like i'll put myself into work you know and that's it's like it's the substitution of addiction things yep. like the alcohol used to be something that i was like i'm feeling anxious i'm gonna start drinking now it's like i'm feeling anxious i'm gonna start writing or I'm going to like work on this play or I'm going to, you know, I like, I, I have a huge list of things that I need to do. And it's never just like go and like take a, like take a nap or like just go. Yeah. Do you have a spiritual practice? I, w- I, I probably like every third day, sometimes it's more consistent, but I'd say like currently it's every third day I'll wake up in the morning and I'll do like a 15 minute breathing exercise that will lead into a 10 minute attempt at meditating. And then I will take a cold shower for like five minutes and just breathe through the cold shower. And then I'll come and I'll journal for a few pages. And that's like my morning routine. I don't know how spiritual it is. It's honestly to me feels more like, this is what you need to do to like start your day right. And then it becomes a habit to where if I don't do it, I feel guilty. (laughs) So it's not really like, I don't know that I can credit it to being like a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. because it honestly feels like a a task that I need, that I need to do to make myself feel right. Yeah. I love that you guys, you and Alan are still welcome and open to things like astrology and light working because you, my friend, have one of the rarest placements that I've seen in a birth chart. And that is your cancer son lives in the 12th house. What does that mean? This is someone who has many past lives culminating to create the one that you're in now. So as I was saying earlier, I had a whole podcast where I shared my experience that I recently had doing a soul retrieval ceremony, which is when you work one-on-one with an energetic healer and you really tap into all of your past lives and see which ones may be affecting your life today. Like for instance, if you have any irrational fears or trust issues, Um, Like for me, I didn't trust men and I didn't trust romantic partners, especially because I thought they would cheat on me or they would betray me. But I have never been cheated on. I've never been betrayed by a man. Where did this come from? Came from many past lives. So having your son in the 12th house like you do tells me that you are extremely spiritual. You are natural born psychic and people like you need to step away from the hustle and bustle to access these spiritual gifts. Yeah. That's that's cool to hear, <laughs> um, and I and I and I find that you know I I I just started. Um, I, I don't mean to always bring it back to acting, but acting is such a humongous part of my 
Yeah, it's act, you are meant and, to be an actor. I, where do you is that what you see there? Of 1, because sometimes I I'm, I'm all over your birth chart. Huh, that's your your midheaven um, is in Pisces. Midheaven is our career line, what we're going to do for money in this lifetime. Pisces is the actors, the artists, the creative, the singers, musicians. Yes. So you are in your flow, my friend. So it's like you're going to be broke as fuck for the rest of your life. No. You're going to be broke as fuck for the rest of your life, but you're going to be acting in black box theaters when you're 72. Get yep. ready. Acting in black box. No. Okay. You want some good news since we've been talking about really heavy stuff? Sure. Yes, you do. Look at that smile. Yes, you do. So you actually have <laughs> one of the strongest placements in your chart that would indicate you will, will be very famous, like Leonardo DiCaprio famous. You have your sun sitting on your ascendant, sitting on your rising. Whenever the sun is conjunct our ascendant sign, this is someone with a huge personality. They're famous, they're well-known. They walk in a room and they get the role without even trying out. You're very commanding. This is when, So when you were saying earlier, I went to LA, I just landed things, I don't know how. It's because you've got this sun conjunct ascendant energy to you. You are powerful. You're a powerhouse. This could be really intimidating for some people who aren't confident in themselves, just you being around. You need to learn that's, that that's, power comes through you, yeah, not from you. Yeah, that's 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 um that's difficult to accept and hear and be like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> you know, like I'm not I don't and I, and, I and honestly, like there's more fear attached. There's more fear attached to the notion of of that being a reality than than anything but it makes a lot of sense and as i'm listening to you talk it's like i think here's an example i i started uh acting spontaneously and i and i booked work i had no idea what i was doing i moved to new york and i started training how to act then i started auditioning and i wasn't booking any work there was an ex and there was one audition that i went to in la from a woman who had cast me back in seattle when i hadn't left yet and she asked me to come in and, and audition for her because she loved me a lot the first time she met me and worked with me and so she was like i have a perfect thing for you so i go into the room and i auditioned for her and she stops me halfway and she's just like, Julian, I'm really sorry I, I'm stopping you, but you have lost everything that you had the first time. I can totally tell that you moved to New York and trained as an actor, and that's not a compliment. Wow. It was like you have like lost all of your instincts. You have lost all of the like the like the nuances of who you were when you didn't know what you were doing now you know what you're doing but you have but you're not doing it the same way and so i think to your point like if i'm trying to connect this right it's like the work that i that i try to do so much is conditioned in me by society and by culture because i'm like i need to like book auditions and i need to get work and i need to do this and i need to like have a certain amount of money in my bank account and i need to you know like prove that i am a worthy actor by by being you know climbing the ladder of success in this business and all of that stuff all of those ideas and and the stresses that come with it ultimately 
just weigh on me so heavily that they are counterproductive to my to art. my forward movement as an actor and my art. Whereas if I just allow myself to exist spiritually, holistically, and and like as exactly as I as I, as like my instincts allow me to, then I will then I will thrive. Exactly. And I find that I do that, but I've, be, but I've become so conditioned in this lifestyle that I've cultivated out here in New York that I'm like, I've like become a, a product of the machine almost. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of me. Um, As it should. And, and, and it scares the shit out of me even more to hear, you know, you talk about this notion of, of, of fame and success and because a big reason why I really don't want to drink anymore in my life is because I don't want to run the risk of actually getting successful and then killing myself because I have, because I'm such a, I'm a fucking yeah. maniac and I don't know how to deal with that kind of yes. light on me. If, if there is any um, homework I could not give to say you, that I it would be to study your Jupiter and Pisces. Get very familiar with that. Google it. Buy astrology books, whatever you can, because studying that, acknowledging it, knowing it is there within your stardust DNA, we call it, can bring such a level of relief that, okay, I have this tendency but it can't, I'm not going to invite it in for tea. You have a lot of abilities in your chart. Your moon is in Capricorn. Our moon sign is our inner world. So our sun sign is who we are with our friends, with our family. It's our ego. It's our self-expression, our identity, our personality. Our moon sign is just the opposite. This, this is why I have my moon sign tattooed on me because I think it's so important. It's who we are when we're alone. It's who we are when you get home from an audition or you get home from being on stage and it's quiet and you're alone. What character comes out? For you, that's Capricorn. That's quiet. That's rigid. These are people who are very realistic, unforgiving. They're very loyal. Moon sign is the true test of compatibility with someone. So never say, I'm a Cancer, you're a Sagittarius, we're not a good match. You do very well with Earth people. But what I'm getting at with the Earth moon is there's a crazy thunderstorm, so you might hear some thunder. Your earth moon can really ground no that, that tendency to go for alcohol, to go for any types of substances. Sorry, I'm just hearing your thunder in the Isn't background. Isn't that it's cool? Like almost, it's almost as if it's like happening because of what's it happening is. in our conversation. It is. It totally is. Spiritual <laughs> cool. cleanse. Sorry, I, have... I honestly didn't even hear what you said. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. You have, to, you have to back it up and say that again. I know. I love thunderstorms, so I'm trying to stay focused too. But your Capricorn moon can really ground so cool. you. It can pull you down and say, ah, 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 you cannot have alcohol. This is not a good time to have this cocktail. Put it down. Stay loyal to yourself. Have be very conservative. Capricorn is the sign of being conservative. They don't want to drink. They don't want to look a mess in front of people. These are the CEOs of the Zodiac. So who you are when you're alone can be a very serious, quiet, rigid person. Whereas who you are when you're out and about is funny, life of the party, big personality, hilarious, dramatic. But you're just the opposite when you're at home by yourself. Would you say so? 100%. It's crazy. And you know, what's interesting is that I'm starting to find this like interesting medium balance in podcasting like this because I can like I'm tr I want to be turned on to a certain level because this is a public platform that we're that like I'm putting this on and 
for that I want it to at least be compelling. So for that reason, I'm I'm there's some effort going into this, but at the same time, I'm trying to be just like as raw real. and open and 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 real with myself as I can be. And so it feels like there's kind of like a mix of like I'm out in the world, but I'm not because I'm here in my space and I'm just like trying to live. Um, and it's a really cool um, approach at like easing myself into trying to figure out where that what that where that like that good space is for me to be um because i don't want to be an extremist where like out in the world i'm like hey everybody i'm fucking crazy and i want to party and i want to be the fucking the, the life of everything and then i come home and i'm just like well first of all i'm exhausted because i've yep. just exerted all of my energy and and i want i want to be able to like be who i am where i am when i am you know like everywhere um and but but yes it, it makes total sense like i come home and i'm like i'm like <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say that i'm laser focused and like super dedicated to what i'm doing and i am but i confuse movement for progress so often and i works way harder than i do smart and so so often I'm like at home and I'm just like putting all this effort and energy into things and I'm in my, in my space and I'm practicing my solitude and I'm doing something, but it's like, I don't always, I'm just doing stuff to do stuff as a substitute for like what I would be doing otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's, it's, it's a, it's a better alternative to, to being out and drinking and partying and just wasting money and time and, and brain space. But at the same time, it's like just, it can be just as detrimental sometimes because yeah. I'll just sit here and like, for example, right, I'll be working on a script and I'll just, I, I like won't go anywhere else. I'll sit here and I'll look at a page for eight hours. Yeah. I'll just look at that. And I literally will, I will have written like eight lines yeah. in eight hours, you know, and I can see yeah. like the, the, the script program I sh shows me how much physical time I've spent writing and how much physical time I've spent thinking. And it'll oh. be like <laughs> 2.5 minutes of writing, writing. Oh. like 8.36 hours. But see, that's your son in the 12th and I'm just house. Like, what? Is yeah, you need to step away. You've got to, do you see the lightning in my face? You've got to step away. And with this Jupiter and Pisces, yes, the yeah. downside of it is substance abuse and alcohol and drugs. Escapism is the word for Jupiter and Pisces. But the high road is you can take all of that energy that you would pour into drinking and partying and raging, pour it into art. You live in New York, go upstate where it's super quiet and there's a lot of nature and take a pottery class, take a painting class. Art is your release totally is and spirituality once you feel comfortable enough to really open yeah. up to it go to a cacao ceremony maybe try an ayahuasca ceremony if you're feeling wild but do something spiritual really get in tune with the full moon cycle the new moon cycle because sun in the 12th house this should be such a strong piece of your life i think you're right i have a hard time prioritizing that stuff for myself because I believe that there's always something that I need to be doing otherwise. Why? And that's Where did something, that come like, from? So I just, I have no idea because I didn't have, like discipline is really a new thing for me as, ah. as, as new as like the last, within the, like in the last decade at least, because growing up I had none. 
uh-huh. like actually none. I hardly graduated from high school because I was such a fucking idiot and just like partying and having a good time and popular and, yeah. you know, just smoking a ton of weed and rapping. And like, you know, I thought I was just going to like become a rapper. And like, where's your mixtape? This is Please actually, let me this see is actually me and my brother's band it's right here. This is, this is me and my brother's old rap group, Los Fancy Lads. You can see it on our shirts right here. Please tell me there's YouTube <laughs> videos something. Today. My brother's you- birthday today. Happy birthday, yeah, bro. Totally. I'll send you some music. We, had, we made a whole album. We made a whole album. It was the audio circus. It was great. I had no discipline. I mean, I guess in music, when, when I was tapped into something I liked, then sure. But like that, that aside, the music aside, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't need to have any because I was just having a good time and everything was kind of happening around me. And so it wasn't until I was like really in New York and a few years here that I really realized that I needed to have discipline to do something. And I, and I started to like make that substitution thing with like, okay, like substitute this thing for that thing. And then discipline became like, okay, like I lost a bunch of weight. Like I used to be much heavier Mm -hmm. fat kid and I lost weight and I was like, okay, cool. If I can like lose weight and get like, you know, to look like a buff bro and be like a, like a gym douchebag in these television shows and books like awesome. This is what I'm going to do. This is like now my brand and I'm going to start doing this. And I found discipline in like these superficial ways through like acting. And it was, and it's like, as an example, which was working out at first, it was just like, cool. I can just get like really focused and like put, and you hear this a million times. It's not unique to me where like people stop drinking and they just start like exercising super hard because they just like need to like let, let loose. Like they need to get something out of their system. But then I got really disciplined in my acting and then really disciplined in my writing and then like really disciplined just like on a level of like I'm obsessed with the idea of staying disciplined because if I'm not, then I'm going to make bad decisions. Yeah. And then it was like sobriety. And and so it's it's uh, it's it's a hard thing to like ooh, thunder. God, that's awesome. It's a hard thing to like quantify and understand. Um, but I I. I am just now learning like that. I don't know where it came from because I, you know, I don't know. My, my parents weren't either, you know, my parents weren't necessarily great examples of, of like even, you know, love. They loved us as, as kids, but you know, they weren't in a happy relationship and pulled the rug out from under us at a young age. Um, And everything that I thought was true was not, um, like my whole identity as an as an adolescent was just like completely stripped and that really like set me off onto a new path of like I didn't have like from the age of 11 till now I I, I didn't have rules like nobody was giving Same me here. guidance nobody was telling me what to do yeah Same here. I was so, never grounded you know, that, nothing that led me nothing and my I have two older brothers and they kind of experienced like the the being disciplined early on um but you know i was like the first kid to do everything you know i was the first kid to do drugs i was the first kid to get drunk i was the first kid to lose my virginity before i had even gone through puberty it didn't even make sense like it it didn't even work and like you know just because i was the guy that could would (laughs) because i nobody was telling me not to um so you know when i think about role models or like where i got these things from i'm like 
I don't know. And and that I don't want to discredit the people in my life, like my parents who have been instrumental for me in all these different capacities. But I'm always so confused and why I'm constantly just like, why am I the way I am? Where did this come from? Why do I act this way? This is so bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I ask my brothers and I ask my parents and they're just like, dude, you are too like in your head. You're too psychological about all this stuff. Like just, just chill. And I'm like, you need to know. Cancers always want to assign meaning because again, they feel the whole spectrum of emotions and they want to know why, what is this for? Why am I suffering through this? Or why is this so intense? And you also, this is getting a little advanced in the reading, but I wrote it down to share with you because it's the second most important aspect in astrology. So in astrology, we have things like squares, oppositions, conjunctions. Those are aspects. You have sun opposite moon. And this tells me you are someone of polarities and extremes. This could, of course, manifest as bipolar or super healthy and fit one day and then drinking and eating shit the next day. This is a very competitive person who finds out about themselves through competition with others. And over time with this placement, you've got to learn to balance trusting in the seen and the unseen spirituality and things you can see what is it about the competition because that's something that i'm fascinated by because i don't find myself being very competitive in nature are you competitive with yourself i must be because i'm constantly (laughs) trying to like outdo myself and, and level up and get better and like i'm never i'm never enough i'm never good enough and you know not I'm, I'm, I'm never like fully satisfied by where I am. Um, there it is. Yeah. yeah the, the sun is the head, the moon is the heart. Yeah. So when they're in and, opposition, they're opposite each other. They're kind of fighting for dominance there. So your head's telling you one thing, your heart's telling you another. They kind of pull at each other. It can be hard to bring balance to these things, especially in relationships, not to change the subject. But oftentimes when I have clients with sun opposite moon, they really struggle with relationships eluding them. Uh, being elusive. They can find someone and ignore all the 10 red flags and focus on the one green one and fantasize the relationship only to find out later inevitably, oh, this person is everything my intuition told me they were. Why did I fall for them? Wow. Yeah. I was talking to a friend a while ago and talking about uh, like who I am and why my, in, in relationships and why my relationships have at least making a theory out of why the relationships have failed. And I think what I wind up doing is assuming or thinking or, or trying to love somebody so hard and giving them so much of my energy and of my heart and of my, of, of my humanity that it is actually impossible for them to reciprocate. And then I get upset because they're not able to reciprocate on that on that full level if there are any astrologers listening and, to this they are all it, going but, but yes it was never that's a cancer be able to happen. <laughs> don't, that's don't, a cancer. don't applaud that <laughs> it's it's i know it does suck you know baby jay has a cancer <laughs> you know, rising it's like, and this is something we frequently run into uh-huh. because i don't have any cancer placements in my chart i'm a very individual person i am me myself and i i'm a narcissist <laughs> 
No, I'm not. But I don't have any cancer nurturing, soft, intuitive placements. I don't feel the depth of emotions like you and Bubba Baby J do. So we often like he'll walk by when I'm working and just see that I have an empty water cup and he'll go fill it up and bring me a snack because he knows I need to eat every two. He does things like that to nurture me, take care of me. I don't think of it. I wake up in the morning, I go pour my glass of water and I'm just chilling outside. Whereas he wakes up, pours two glasses of water for one for him, one for me and thinks, why can't you do, why don't you think of me? Why don't you do that for me? And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not that I don't love you. I just, that's not how my brain's wired. So that's a very cancer thing is you guys give, 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 nurture, yeah. nurture, nurture. And it's yeah. never, ever reciprocated unless you're in a relationship with someone that has a lot of cancer in their chart like you. That could be a very beautiful dynamic of just giving and receiving. I don't know that I need that though. Like it just, I don't know that I need somebody to give as much as me. I, I think what I what I need, at least if, if in the interest of relationships is like to to pull back and to like not feel like I like – you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people about how I, how I uh, give out energy. And yeah. for a long time, it's been really like misused. And I just kind of distribute it to, ev- to everybody and anywhere like, and, yeah. and it can be insulting to people that actually deserve it, because I don't do really well with I'm starting to really uh, establish boundaries for myself. Good. Um, because if I don't, then I'm just, everybody's getting my energy. And it's like an equal amount. Like somebody that I've spent 30 years with is getting the same amount of energy that like fuck boy at the bar. Who's just like, what's up dude? I like your shirt. I'm like, Oh bro, I fucking love you, man. And it's just like, why am I treating these people as equals? They're not, but I'm doing that because I'm just like, I want everybody to feel like equal love from me. Um, I need to learn and like giving love is a great thing, but like preserving, <clears throat> excuse me, preserving some of that, that energy, not so that I can just give it to people, but so that I can just like fill myself up and yes. just feel energized as a, as a person for myself. Not so that I can like give love and get love in return. My whole life I've like given love so that I can get love. Like, yeah. That's been my whole, that's been my whole approach. It's just like, if I love everybody, then everybody's going to love me and I want everybody to love me. So I'm just going to love everybody. And it's like, it's, it's exhausting. And it leaves me coming home by myself, laying down and being like, I fucking hate myself. Yes. (laughs) Like so drained. Yeah. I've had a lot of conversations with people about how I, how I uh, give out energy and yeah. for a long time, it's been really like misused, and I just kind of distribute it to ev- to everybody and anywhere. Like, and yeah. and it can be insulting to people that actually deserve it because I don't do really well with. I'm starting to really uh, establish boundaries for myself. Good. Um, because if I don't, then I'm just everybody's getting my energy, every- and it's like an equal amount. Like somebody that I've spent thirty years with is getting the same amount of energy that like fuck boy at the bar who's just like what's up dude I like your shirt I'm like oh bro I fucking love you man and it's just like why am I treating these no. people as equals they're not but I'm yes. doing that uh with my mom so she kind of got my attention and I got her attention more um but they both you know loved me equally I just didn't know that they didn't love each other 
you know, mm-hmm. until I found that out. And I didn't even find that out until I was an adult. Um, you know, it was just like, I thought, I thought growing up that I was a, like a, a, a perfect child. Like my, yeah. I grew up in a pretty nice house. You know, we had nice things. It was like this cul-de-sac. We were, we had cool neighbors. We were just like, we, my dad's from Ecuador. So we would travel to Ecuador like three times a year. Cool. I was like cultured, cool. Like I would go to show and tell and be like, this is the aloe plant that I got from the Amazon jungle. What the fuck do you have? You know, like, I wasn't being an asshole about it, but like I was, I, I just like felt like my whole life was just like this awesome, like it was, and it was my experience. I didn't know any different. So it was just like, right. I'm the best. I am the greatest. And in fact, you know, there's this, there's this story that I've told before where I had, I had $99 in my parents' safe. They had a little safe in their walk-in closet. Um, you know, I was probably like seven or eight years old. And this was the same time that Macaulay Culkin had like high humongous fame and Richie Rich had come out. Do you remember this movie, Richie Rich? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I remember having $99 in, in a, in an envelope in my parents' um, safe and, and thinking, Nobody told me anything. Nobody made me believe anything. But I told myself, I, I will not put another dollar into that envelope because if I have $100, I will be the wealthiest, richest kid in the world opposite <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. And I'm, I don't want that responsibility. So I'm just going to take number two. I'll be two. He can have that. And like, and it wasn't because anybody was like making me believe that. I just thought like, I'm the best. I have like, my life is so good. And when my parents split up, it was like, wait, what? What? That doesn't happen what are to you us. talking about? And then it was like infidelity. And it, yeah. And it was like, you know, cheating. And, you know, the reason why, you know, dad was not on this trip was because he was back with this person. And the reason my mom wasn't there for this thing, same thing. And I was just like, what the fuck? And everything started to like become clear, but not until I was like 25 years old. So I just didn't even want to know what happened. I was just ignorant my whole life to what even was the reality of the situation. Couldn't have conversations with my brothers about it. Didn't want to, because I didn't know even what to ask. I wasn't sure I wanted to know. I was just scared. That's so, that mercury and uh, cancer, the you know, flood that, of emotions. That all of those things, like I don't know what to ask, I don't know what to feel, I don't know what to do dude, because it's, this it's is cr- so much. Yeah, yeah, and it and and it it just it's rooted in this idea that everything was perfect until it was all Not. fucked up, and then it How just do you turned think into that's chaos. Affected your romantic it was like, relationships today. I mean, pro- probably in in every way. Like, I don't I don't have a lot of trust. I have really of big course. trust issues of course. and I find, I find that I find that when I get into relationships, I start getting jealous. Um, yeah. I start like questioning things, um, you know, questioning. I, I like, it's really hard for me to take things at face value because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if the people that I loved and trusted and trust still the most could like pull the wool over my eyes like that, then like, you can too. So you enter into why a relationship with the subconscious you? belief of everything is perfect until it's not. So this honeymoon phase, the first three months of a relationship are great. We're in love. This is fantastic. Yeah. Could I marry her one day? Maybe. But then when is the rug going to be pulled out from underneath of me? So just that subconscious belief can trigger everything. 
the jealousy, yeah. the possessiveness, the controlling, because your inner child is trying yeah. to control and make sure you never feel that again. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I, I, I pessimistically look at relationships and forecast 10 years out and say, yeah. oh, great. Like, you're the best. You are so awesome. But are we going to fucking hate each other in 10 years? Cheat on Probably. each other. So let's yeah. just not do this. Because why? Let's just bother? not do it, you know. That and that's such hurt. and that's such a that's such a sad thing to to approach any type of relationship with because I don't do that with my platonic friendships. And okay. in fact, I'm like at this point in my life now where I'm like, can I just have platonic friendships and like like never like be romantic with anybody no. and just like no. you know I, like especially when I'm not drinking, I'm like I'm not <laughs> I know I but I don't know. Like I ask, you know, a lot of people and myself sometimes like, can I just be a bachelor for the rest of my life? Like, I don't necessarily know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed. I'm not against or denying that. Like if somebody comes into my life that I'm so fucking stoked on that, I won't be like, yeah, absolutely. But I'm just not seeking it. I'm just not like looking for that. I'm not like waiting for anything like that to happen. And I find that I'm just so much happier when I'm not in a relationship and that's once a I'm out of it once I'm like actually out yeah because you again. don't have to worry it's, it's just it's a phase right now perhaps that you're just like I don't want a relationship you know I look the transits on your chart everything's focused on career right now for you but that's a whole other conversation but it, this is just your birth chart is that you really did come here to have partnership and perhaps family because people with cancer and their sun moon arising you've got a double whammy hmm. they really want to have children they want to have a family this is what cancer rules the home life and you have pluto in the fifth house which tells me if you were to have children someday they would probably be prodigies very smart very different just transform your life as well hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting i mean i I, I feel like, and I've even talked to people, you know, just having like, I remember having like this drunk conversation in a bar one time with this guy that I had like just met. And those are the best had conversations. He had like, <laughs> we were like talking. He, I know, I know. And he was like crying because he had been like a bad dad, you know, his, in his oh. life. And he was looking at me and he was just like, and I was just like, yeah, man, like, I don't think I could have kids. And he looked at me and he started crying and he was just like, please, please, Julian have kids the yep. world needs to have more yep. people like you bringing life yes, into this world like, please yes. and i thought he was going to be like yeah dude don't i thought he was going to be like the opposite be like yeah dude it's the worst like i've been awful like don't do it but he was just like please like please well do how it. did that make like, you feel no, when he looked at you and said please have children what did that stir up in you yeah i mean i rem i remembered it right i'm talking about it now so it obviously it obviously stuck and and I believe that. I believe that I would be a, a, a great, loving, caring dad. Yes. So. Um, but I don't want, I can't be, I can't, I can't be a great, loving, caring dad unless I have such a dope human being on my side doing the mom thing with me. Yeah. I mean, I can be a single dad. But like, you know, I might as well just adopt a little kid and like go hang out with him for the rest of my life. But like, if I'm going to have children, it's got to be, it's got to be somebody that I'm so, so stoked on. And comfortable. You know, I have all, most of my friends life. now have kids. Yeah. 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 Most of my kids, most of my kids, most of my, 
most, yeah, like, you know, we're in that age. And, you know, I look at all of them and, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with all of them where I'm like, you know, with all due respect, man, like, I'm not really sold on this whole thing by watching I don't you envy you. Like, yeah. I love, not at all. Like, I love, I love that you guys, you know, have this situation for yourself, but I'm, but like, I'm so much happier that I don't. And I understand that I am. I am missing out on a part of life that I know nothing about because I haven't experienced what you are currently experiencing, but I'm not going to go have children because, because I know that I, that there's something that I'm missing because I'm right. right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not missing anything. I'm trying to like create things because I don't have, cause I have the time and space to do that. Um, so I, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to have kids or be in a relationship because I think, because I think those things are going to like, it's a biological thing I have to do. Um, yeah. And so, so, you know, the, the, the relationship has to come first before I can even consider, you know, the, the children thing. And so, and it's all just really convoluted and hard and messy. Like everybody is life is, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and nobody that's married now is going to just be like, Oh yeah, man. Like, let me tell you, it's, it's just like totally easy. If you find the right person, it's, it's never. And I'm happy to work my ass off and have hard times with, with somebody who kicks ass. Um, but you know, unfortunately I just, I just, did you uh, ever share that trauma that with your romantic partners? Like, hey, this is what I went through. I saw my parents cheat on each other and just completely spontaneously combust in front of me. So this is kind of a wound for me. This is a trigger point, And this is why I may act like some, like an asshole sometimes. Did you ever share that openly? I mean, it's, it's part of my narrative. So, mm-hmm. of course, I've shared it before. Um, and it's come with more, you know, and it's... And other people have shared their things. And, you know, it's just like, I think, I think all of my girlfriends have been receptive to that information and empathetic with that. And they've had their own things themselves, Uh, you know, but ultimately, like, I don't know, part of me is just like, I want somebody who's like, been through the same thing. Like, I'm looking for like a therapist who I can talk to that has has like gone through similar things so that we can like really relate rather than somebody that's like well i know how to like diagnose this thing from a clinical standpoint because this looks like this and that it's just like no man i need like i need like experiential conversations from like oh yeah man like you know i've I've been gone through some real shitty shit too and and like look i'm not sitting here trying to be like my life has been so hard and shitty i've been very fucking privileged and it's been epic you know given so many other situations and circumstances but at the same time to each their own everybody has their own circumstances and and yeah i don't know i've i've had these i've had definitely had these conversations with girls and it's still you know like i don't know some people just don't get it let it they don't fully sink in to like know some people just don't know what to do with that information yeah well why are you attracted to women who don't know how what to do with it uh probably uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Probably because I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I need somebody to like nurture me, but I actually don't want to. I don't want to like have to feel like I need to be nurtured, and I don't want to feel like I, like I'm looking. Like, don't they say that you want like you, you're going after somebody that you want, like that you remember your mom to be as. Yeah. So you like you're like looking for your mom. At least yeah. as like a man, I'm not sure if this mm-hmm. is true or not. Yeah. But none of my none of my girlfriends have really been that way for me, and and 
I don't know, like sometimes I think I'm maybe looking for the opposite of that because I'm trying to be like. You're trying to avoid experiencing what you witnessed. Hmm? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've also just been, you know, like, like sexually attracted first. And that's been like the the beginning stages of every relationship I've ever been in. It's been like, ah, you're so attractive. Let's, let's, let's sleep together and like have some conversations and then like just dive into this thing and then see, and then, you know, we're invested and then we start seeing and then, you know, ultimately it gets messy. And that's funny. You brought that up because you're Mars. I just become too much. Mars in our birth chart tells us how we take initiative towards new projects, but it's also our sexual nature, our aggression nature, our masculine energy. Yours is in Capricorn. So this tells me that you love to work. You just love to work. When you think of a new idea, you'll set up a game plan, get organized and go. There's no procrastination there. Now, in terms of sexual energy, your Mars lives in the eighth house of sex. Whoa. Whenever I see Mars in the eighth, immediately I'm like, this is a very sexual person, strong sexual energy. So there's polarities to every placement and every sign in astrology. The polarities of this one, on the downside, you want to have sex first and then get to know someone. On the positive side, you'll get to know someone intellectually first before you before you reveal your body, your sacred body to this person. Because have you ever seen those memes where when you not memes, but like infographs on Instagram, where when you have sex with someone, you are intertwining their energy with yours. So if you are having sex with someone who's got so much trauma, so many addictions, hates herself, you're inviting that energy into your body. So you could feel like shit after, and it's not even you, it's that person. So the high side of Mars in the eighth house is someone who just loves to be touched. This is like tantric sex. These are people who have sex for the spiritual bond that can give you to someone, especially yourself. Well, where is she at? (laughs) You have to have eyes that can see her. Because right now, we always use the table analogy. Right now, perhaps your your dinner table is dirty. It's got ketchup stains, mustard stains, spilled red wine from past relationships, and then the trauma you went through with your family. It's dirty. So she's walking by, and she's like, that doesn't look very inviting. It looks really dirty and messy, and I'm going to keep walking. Until you do the shadow work and clean it up, change your tablecloth, set the table again, they're not going to even be on your radar. Because maybe someone's still in that seat, someone you know you need to let go and get rid of. Do you think that like we're all supposed to be with somebody? Not like, are, are we? Are we like? That's a loaded are we question. Supposed to like because right? I know, but like you're saying, like you know, I'm missing this person, but I'm also not. I'm also not looking. And even if I knew that person existed, and it was like, hey, in this in like this coming week, I'm gonna find you're, him. Like you're gonna see that person. Yeah, I, I still would be like, no, I I wouldn't even I I it wouldn't change my my experience, I'd be like, cool. I'm not going to like, look, I'm not going to like be out there looking for it. I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing. Humans are made to live in a community to take care of each other. Primarily speaking, we are not meant to live by ourselves. We can't survive on our own. So we go that deep. Yes, we are meant to pair up in this lifetime, but I love how you say, I'm not looking for that person because I often so many times work with people who are desperately searching for their twin flame or their soulmate. And they ask me, Steph, look at my bar chart. When am I going to find them? Who are they going to be? And I'm like, that's not how you find them. You don't go looking for them. You do exactly as you are. 
and just continue doing things to improve yourself and to bring yourself joy and happiness. That's how you find people. I found Baby J because I was doing the podcast, which I loved. It started off as a hobby, just an online diary. And he was listening to it way down in Texas, a place I ain't never been before. And he just yeah. reached out like, hey, dope podcast. I have a quick question about this subject. And we just hit it off. I was like, cool. What's up? Let's talk about it. Friends for eight months and then met in person and fell in love. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And again, I'm not closed off to that idea of that mm -hmm. happening. I'm just... I, I really am, and maybe it's just because of the phase I'm in right now or where yes. I'm at in my life and being 35 and single without children, but yeah. I feel like I don't need to have a relationship right now or I maybe don't. ever. I don't know. I have so many cool friends in my life and such a great community, um, and until somebody is just so obviously just perfect or i don't know maybe they're I, I don't think that's gonna happen either like until it just like becomes like obvious to me that it's yep. going to work i i just don't i don't want it have you heard <laughs> like, that I don't, when, I don't, I don't when you it. meet the wrong person and they actually send off your nervous system just into shock so when you hear things like oh we had such great chemistry or oh i get nervous every time i see her those are actually red flags that they are stirring up like a trauma response from childhood. They say when you meet, quote unquote, the one, you feel very comfortable. You can take a deep breath. You don't feel like you need to grab a cocktail, take the edge off. You just feel like you can kick it and be your Capricorn moon self. That's a good indication that you've met someone who could really have a long lasting relationship with you. And you and baby J have like when you look at your charts, they're compatible with each other as well. Yeah. Like you can see that or, yeah. or are there ways and like variations to these things where it's just like, actually these don't work out, but we're proving it, proving the theories wrong. Yeah, of course. Astrology. I always caution people. Don't take astrology for like a hundred percent. This is what I need to do. I need to follow this. It's a weather prediction. I can use your chart and say, Hey, there's a chance it's going to rain this weekend. Even though you said you wanted to go camping, perhaps bring a tarp, bring rain gear, or just don't go. That's what astrology does. It's a predictive tool. So like I said, there's good and bad parts to every single placement. So baby Jay and I, we actually have the ultimate, which is yeah. matching moon signs. Moon sign is your authentic self, that character you are when you're by yourself or who you become when you're in a romantic partnership. Like who you are with Alan is not who you are when you're home alone with a girlfriend. You're two different characters. You're Cancer with Alan and then you're Capricorn at home with her. So Big J and I both have Scorpio moons, which Scorpio is the most deep, that's the eighth house sign of sex, deep, loyal, strong, strong bond. So on our first date, we got matching tattoos. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a commitment. It is. He's my homie. No matter what, <laughs> he's so my friend for life. But at the same time, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's rad. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never spent physical, actual time with you guys. I plan on yeah. it. Um, but what I see is, is epic. And, 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 and you guys also are not married and you guys have been together for a, a relatively short amount of time. And I don't want, you know, my pessimistic brain to go off and be like, yeah, fuck you. 10 years from now, you guys are going to fucking hate each other. It's just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Julian. No, we're not. We're like, we actually don't have to think like you dickhead um and you oh, know Julian, i hope that all I my friends prove my theory wrong and are not all i am you yeah you are me well, and i am you i think i don't know i don't i don't 
I don't like, I don't like that. Um, but it also, it prevents me from, it prevents me from inviting love into my life. And it, and it, of course, you've got you know, to do shadow work. It prevents you've got me to, from a, from a lot. It's because you, I'm, you've got to call in people that, that can help you find the, bring the subconscious into the conscious. Cause like you said earlier, you have no idea like what is plaguing you, what is in deeply ingrained in your brain that triggers that pessimistic fire. When you meet someone lovely, you've got to do the shadow work to really go back. And that's what Lightworkers Lounge really is, is I'm bringing on guests and sharing my own experience of different types of healing modalities to pull those things out of my brain. You probably saw my most recent Instagram post where I shared how, yeah, Baby Jay and I have been together for over two years now. And for those two years, I have pushed him and his kids away hard. Like we have a beautiful relationship, but it was always in my mind, like that's your family and this is mine. We are not blended because that to me from my childhood means chaos, means instability, means heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just hope that, you know, from what I've gathered from all this and, and especially like, you know, the, the conversations earlier about kind of diving so deeply into my work at this point and, and trying to find balance and work-life balance really so that, you know, if and when things kind of move in a direction that kind of start yeah. going fast and furious, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not ill-equipped to, to like kind of get, go, go with that flow um, and, and like run out of oxygen up there because yeah. I want, I, I don't want to just be like, and I don't also, you know, like you've probably heard Jim Carrey's quote about just like, I hope that yes. everybody someday gets really, really, famous. really fucking famous so that they can understand how, how unimportant it actually is yep. and how not, how much of not, of that not being the answer. Have you ever is, defined, is like wrote down on paper so you can see what your definition of success as an actor is? Is it X amount of money every year? Is it a specific type of role? No, I think it, I think it all comes down to my own like self serving creativity. Um, and like what I'm able to, uh, contribute to mm. the artistic world as an mm. actor and as a writer and as a storyteller. Um, it has nothing to do. It, it has nothing to do with money. Although like those young thoughts about being like the richest boy in the world, outside of Macaulay Culkin were, you know, <laughs> part of my narrative as a kid. It's I, I, like money has, I guess, because I always thought $99 was enough to have, you know, it's just like, I'll just have $99 for the rest of my life. But money and like, like uh, the surface level success and, and like what TV shows or movies I'm on or what actors, are, those are all great. Like notoriety is cool, is great. And I, by no means am I saying like, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm yeah. actively trying to book work and get money and do these things. But I think where I kind of define my line for what success is for myself, it comes from a self-serving place of like, what am I going to be able to contribute to this world um, yeah. as an actor yeah. um, and, and as a storyteller, because that's mostly what's important to me. I, I know for certain I'm not going to, feel fulfilled and and like i'm contributing booking uh you know uh, eight seasons on law and order svu when i'm making you know making however i don't know how much money those guys make probably more than they need to and mm -hmm. you know that's not 
something that I really care to do, you know, doing somebody else's work, standing on somebody else's mark in somebody else's light, being directed by somebody else. I'm happy to do those jobs. I'm, I'm grateful every time I get to do those jobs, but those aren't what I'm actually working really hard to try and ultimately What are you working do. on right now? Have you, um, are you recently thinking think of I like a career learned. change? Or a shift, not a change, but kind of a shift in what you're um, doing? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm just thinking about like what being an actor means to me really um, okay. and and trying to separate myself from Julian, the like douchebag, like branded actor that exists out here. Because like, look, I, I, people are always like, you're not a douchebag. I'm like, I get it. But as an actor out here, I have had to embrace my aesthetic for so long. Yeah. Like I work out because I know that I have to be like a gym bro. I have to be like a douchebag or like a cop or a military guy. And that's great. Those are it's fun and cool to like get work as an actor. That in and of itself is already like a huge accomplishment. Getting jobs as an actor is is just not that fulfilling to me anymore. And and maybe it has something to do with because I haven't really like booked this, like the big thing yet, yeah. but I don't want to just hold my breath for the big thing to come. Right. Have you recently auditioned start just for like, any big roles or have you thought about auditioning for something big? Uh, yeah. I mean, you never, you're always thinking about auditioning for some big things, but it's whether or not you're, you are offered the audition or not. You know, you can't just, you don't just like show up to an audition. Yeah. You get selected to come in and do it. But yeah, I, like I mean, I just auditioned recently for a pretty big, for a pretty big thing. Did you? Do you think um, you'll get it? No. <laughs> like, do yes, it. Let no, me, I mean, I, this is no, where I wish I could show because, you your chart because I was looking at current transits on your chart. Current transits are when you pull up where the planets are in the sky right now and you place it on someone's chart to get an idea of where their energy is naturally being focused towards. So right now you have a lot of planets on the top of your chart, which would indicate you're really focused on career. You're not focused on relationships. You're not really focused on self-improvement, not really focused on creating a home, getting married, having kids, because that's the bottom half on the chart. All of it is on the top. And not only that, but you have Jupiter conjunct your midheaven. I don't know if you remember, but Jupiter is a planet of abundance, good luck, big things. Midheaven is career. Whenever I see Jupiter transiting over the midheaven, someone is about to get a huge break. And not only that, but you have Neptune conjunct your natal, meaning where it was when you're born, Jupiter and your chart, which tells me Neptune hopes, dreams, wishes are getting a lucky boost. This is huge. I couldn't wait to tell you this because it's going to happen when you least expect it, but it's going to happen in the next six months. Watch. You, I'll, I'll wait. You text me when it happens and I'm just going to yawn and say, okay. That's cool. I mean, I just hope that whatever that thing is that is a big break is something that like because of the transition I'm making right now artistically, mm -hmm. You know, I could book a like I could get a contract working on a TV show right now as like a series regular. Say, say I booked like a pilot for as as like one of the leads on this television show. Guess what? All of a sudden, I'm like contracted for this show for the next X amount of years. Yeah. And if that's a show that like I'm not like so inspired by creatively, then it becomes a like I've worked on so many shows with actors who have been like 
I'm like, man, you know, we're sitting like in the green room, just like waiting for a shot to be set up. And I'm like, Yo, tell me about like this experience. Are you like, what's, what's going on? Are you, is this awesome? Or like, is it weird? Because you've been on the show for seven years going on now. And like, how is that? They're like, dude, look, I'm so grateful to be a working actor at the same time. I wish I could be like out auditioning for stuff and like doing other things and I can't. And so this is my job. And I like, it's basically my nine to five. And when I decided to start acting, did I think I was going to become like the, the tech guy in blacklist? No, but here I am. And so like, you know, I come to work every day and I show up and I do my job and fuck, man, I'm really grateful because I get paid really well to do this. And it's a, it's created a really cool life for me. Um, and open some doors, but ultimately, like, it's, it's not, not what I want to do. What I thought I was well, going to be doing, or what I necessarily want. Like, the seed want. that you have two magical wands, so to speak, just waving over your career line. This is huge in astrology. So, really, mm. right now, you can command your dreams. Any dreams you've had can be brought into the 3D reality at this time. Wow. This doesn't what happen do very do? often. This is very rare. Yes, just wave your hands and manifest and meditate, and it'll just drop down from the sky. No, go after audition for something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it all makes sense, and I guess it's just hard because I've spent ten years out here in New York being rejected so often that like it's hard to hear and just be like, sure, like of course, you know, like I know that eventually I will like evolve and, and grow and expand and do more and more because I that's how my trajectory has been just very slow moving upwards and so like yeah I know that like something's gonna happen that's more than what was but I don't know it's just like you can't hold your breath and 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 I'm no. and I'm not and I like I believe you I trust you um it's just hard like to see. I know that you are a truth teller it's just yeah it's just it's just I can't see through like those. Well, right now, it sounds like you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Let's say you audition for a role. You're like, yeah, fucking right. There's no way I'll get this. Okay, so you don't. You get rejected again for the millionth time. You go right back to where you're sitting right now. It's not so bad. You're used to it. Oh, but what yeah. if you don't? What if you're you right. get it? Whoa. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And I will text you. And I'll let I'll you be know. Waiting. And I'll bring I'll you to the waiting. red carpet event. You better. <laughs> I will. I'll give you 10%. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to my astrologer. Yeah, yeah when no, you it's... when you win like a, an Oscar or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, I just want to thank my astrologer who told me that this was going to happen. <laughs> she predicted this shit. She predicted this shit. I mean, sometimes all you need is just like, you know, that you just need to have somebody say it out loud to be like, okay, whatever. Like they, they told me that it was going to happen. And then that makes you start to believe in it a little yeah. more. And I think I've been... You know, you get, you get, you get told no so often that you just start to like accept that like it's always going to be no, happen. and you're just, you know, you're just like get, getting yes is just a bonus. It's not something that you ever expect. Do well, you just, believe that rejection is projection in the right direction? I I can't even like make sense of what that sentiment means. <laughs> it just means what's meant for you will never pass you by. Like, yeah, I don't know if I believe that. Mm, why not? In, in in terms of being an act in terms of being an actor, yeah. there's, I'm in such an oversaturated market of people who are doing the exact same thing as me. I've been in rooms with guys that are 
10 times more handsome than me with 10 times more chiseled jawlines who have like a, 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 a way bigger rap sheet of their resume. You know, I see people in audition rooms that I like recognize from shows that I like and watch. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? And they're just like, I'm doing the same thing you're doing here, man. And I'm like, well, this sucks <laughs> for a bunch but of different reasons. But they're not you. That's like I... that lady was saying. Why did you go and betray yourself to be an actor? You were born to be an actor. You kind of ruined that natural energy that you had to command a room. Who cares if they had a fucking chiseled jawline, white teeth, whatever? Who cares? They're not you. And that's <laughs> your superpower. Yeah. Well, I hope I can. I hope I can uh, live up to your to your. Uh, they're not expectations, just to your to your truth. Maybe and to you your, didn't to your get the roles you had wanted in the past that you really dreamt of getting, worked so hard to get. Maybe you got rejected from those because you weren't ready to handle what they came with. And angels, spare guides, God, whatever you want to call yeah, it, was protecting you. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I yeah, for sure. I just, <laughs> you know, it's just like well. When is the thing going to happen then? Like, where is it at? You know, you just. just like You don't have to see the whole know, staircase it's, it's a, it's a, to take the first step. We we'll need like sound we'll effects. Just leave it there. We'll just leave. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to add some nice ones at the, <laughs> at the end of this podcast. That's so good. Um, God, Stephanie Powers, I could talk to you for 49 years straight i could too i feel and like i love astrology I feel like we got to figure out a way to it's so cool that you love astrology and like i see it's so cool to see like you've been doing this for how long astrology for about a year yeah. that's it that's it wow that's it it's so I just cool love it i can feel like it's palpable how how like inspired you are by it and how excited you are to share this information um, and to learn this information, yeah. um, you seem to be just like such a such an absorber of um, of 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 knowledge and and information and insight, and and Thank that's you. inspiring in and of itself. And and I guess, man, I would just like I would completely employ every single person listening to this to hit you up and like have one of these things because you know I didn't know I would I was just like what a great what a great idea like hopefully she's available but even if you weren't available to do a podcast I still like I've thought about doing this so many times with you and I'm just like god mm -hmm. I need to do this and and it's not because I like because I'm being validated by like something that you've said or I'm thinking like oh my I'm not gonna like leave here and be like Stephanie told me that I'm gonna fucking have my break in six months you know <laughs> I'm I'm, I, I'm not gonna do that <laughs> but and I think that's probably like you know uh something that you have to like tell people clients to like you know yes. be careful like proceed with caution you know like yeah. just Take it easy. Don't. Yeah, fucking, I always tell like, clients, I preface it like, with, hey, if you leave this reading and go rob a bank, everything I just said goes to shit. Okay. All right. Let's start. Yeah. yeah. No, you're like, you're, I think you're just like reinforcing what people like might just need an extra boost to be reminded of, yeah. which is just yeah. that like they are already capable of the things that they have already been putting forth yep. and to keep fucking going. 
That's right. Um, and we're all born really knowing all who we are, how we operate, what we feel, what we love, what we don't. But along the way, we lose it. We lose ourselves in society and cultural conditioning. And it's just nice to work with an astrologer and come home to who you are. Because when we're rooted and confident and know who we are, we're unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. I'm, 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 uh, sometimes I think the more I know who I am, the more destructive I can be too, at least in, in like the early phases of figuring it out, because I start to like open up all of these, open up all of these, uh, you know, vessels of my brain that I'm like, Oh fuck, I didn't know that this, and it's scary. It's, you know, it's the more, scary. you know, about yourself, the, the scarier that can be. Um, yep. but you know, figuring out how to manage that and, and apply it towards good and, 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 uh, and productive movement is, is the only thing that you can really try to do. And that's the work that you are um, trying to inspire people to, to do. And, the and only I way appreciate out is you so much for doing that. Well, I appreciate that's the acknowledgement. So right. Yeah, for sure. This has been so great. And I feel like I have already spent, I've, 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 I've taken up too much of your time from doing this. Um, but again, I want everybody that listens, if, if, uh, if you didn't listen to episode 25 of the podcast, go listen to that. Listen to Stephanie's podcast, Lightworkers Lounge. Um, learn it for yourself and book a session with her. Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos, me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out. Patreon.com slash live at the lodge.